there. With me in the coffee shop this week is guitarist Chance Hayden, who plays in nearly every genre you can think of. The coffee shop is World Cup Coffee and Tea at Northwest 18th and Gleason in Portland. I'm Tom D'Antoni, Oregon Music News Editor, and you're listening to OMN's Coffee Shop Conversations. You knew that. Chance got back from an extensive tour of Europe as part of Jared Lawson's band. It was not their first tour, and Jared is so hot over there that they played major festivals in large halls. But Chance is much more than a soul guitarist. He's a jazz artist who was in an early version of Redwood Sun, in which he played Americana. Face it, he can play anything. He's married to singer-composer Shelley Rudolph, and they have a little son. Next week, Soraya, the tube and throat singer, also known as Enrique Ugaldi, will be here. But now, let's talk to Chance. Well, how long have you been back from Europe now? Mm, gosh, it's been, well, over a month now. Really? That's, yeah, I'm definitely back in the swing here yeah. in Portland. Are, are, are you still processing what went on? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm processing from the whole, I mean, last nine months and, you know, five different tours now with uh, Jared Lawson. Yeah. So yeah. it's... Yeah, it's action-packed right now, and it's a good thing. It's, you know, you get so much all at once, and then, yeah, it does take longer to uh, yeah. sort of have it all sink in, and you uh-huh. look back, and then you're like, okay, wow, yeah, we really just did all of that. Like, you know, yeah. played all these really renowned venues and shared some, you know, shows with... Very legendary artists. Like who? Um, well, I mean, this last tour was primarily festivals yeah. and, and some of Europe's most noted jazz festivals. I mean, we were at the North Sea Jazz Festival, you wow. know, um, was one of the highlights of this past tour, their 40th yeah. anniversary um, festival. And, you know, it. we were, you know... Backstage at D'Angelo's set, we uh-huh. were. Our green room was in between Stanley Clark and Terrence Blanchard, and you know, <laughs> and it it was one of those kind of tours where all along the way we're getting to meet our heroes and you know contemporaries and just have a great time doing our thing. Uh-huh. So it, yeah, it was. It was a really special run. Um, Did you ever get to jam with anybody? Um, not really this time yeah. around. I mean, it was just, it was so fast. The festivals are like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, Unless you're Peter Damon. Right. <laughs> jam with anybody you like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Peter's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's neat to see the progression that's... Um, been happening with Jared and to be a part of it and you know it's like we've had a couple well we've done now three tours in uh-huh. Europe um, and it's gone from you know a couple runs of like primarily clubs uh-huh. and then this last one was primarily festivals and then this next one we're going to be doing in the fall has a lot of like very large like theaters and wow 
so it's uh, it's definitely growing quickly over there. It's uh, did you go to were you, were you on the Japan tour? Yeah, that one also. That um, we played Billboard Live in both uh -huh. Osaka and Tokyo, which are just incredible rooms. I mean, uh -huh. pristine in their design and um, you know how well they sound and how well they're tuned how well just the night and the show is run and produced by them um you know it's like we knew they'd studied the music because of how like how well you know how well crafted the lights were uh -huh. you know as an example and and also how well you know we could feel the sound was coming through in the house. Like they really knew they'd checked out the songs. And so that was, that was cool to see, you know, and, and play at a venue like that. Um, you know, we did the Java jazz festival on that run as well in Jakarta. And that's another one of the biggest jazz fests in the world. And, um, that was yeah, great experience, huge honor. Really cool to see that part of the world. You know, it's um, it's very eye-opening, and you know, just really showed us in a lot of ways how good we have it here. Uh -huh. You know, on the other hand, you do come back here. Um, where some of the greatest players in the world are playing for 50 bucks a night. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, Portland yeah. is sort of becoming that place where it's, it is such a great place to live and reside yeah. that it's attracted many of the world's finest. Yeah. And, you know, they just, we're lucky if, yeah, they want to, you know, we get to see them play around here for, you know, whatever people are willing to pay them and, you know, wherever is makes sense to play a show, put on a show. Um, you know, obviously our venues are a little more scarce than they once were, but, um, you know, I think the thing is you can live here and do music, but for a lot of those players on that level, it's like they just end up having to kind of make their bread and butter else. Oh yeah. Elseways outside yeah. of playing it's or, yeah. or so just many, so if, many people like that here. Yeah. Or if they're going to play, I mean, they're, they're probably, you know, touring and, you know, doing, yeah. getting their, the dollars that way. Well, having met with this level of success, you know, on this tour and all those experiences, have you found that it has influenced your playing at all? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. In what way? Well, it's like been trying to think about how to describe this because some other people have asked me this too, and it's sort of like I don't know. It's it's just good to play anytime or have anything on the books that mm -hmm. makes you, you know, keep everything in check and practice and have something you're working towards. And, you know, that can be, 
a club gig here in town. It can be a tour. And, but the thing is, you know, just having hundreds to thousands of people in front of you on a more consistent basis just yeah. it requires I think a higher level of focus and concentration really? and then just for me it's it's given me more and more inspiration as we've gone along just knowing like this is now the level like we're at right now and I you know I want to I want to be here and beyond like you know this for me I don't really I don't foresee this as just like you know I've I've come up and then I'm gonna come back down now and like you know uh-huh. I, I want to you know grow through this and grow grow above and beyond where we've we've gotten to you know with Jared and, and the band and and I think one of the great things about you know this band, the good people, is that we all kind of share that that feeling and know that we're we're all growing together and, and building something. And it's just been yeah, super inspiring. Yeah. Um, so, how did you get up with Jared? Well, who, who we, as you know, has been on the cover of, of Oregon Music News, the magazine. Right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, gosh. Well, we first met some years ago um, when we shared a show at Mississippi Studios, actually, like in really? early 2009. Jeez. Um, the original lineup of the Good People, which only they only ever played maybe a handful of shows around yeah. Portland before. He started working on the record and and then became more active performance-wise with Soulmates. Yeah. Um, but that, that original Good People Man, we did a show um, while I was playing with Redwood Sun, and mm-hmm. that was the first time we met. And then, you know, a few years later, we started to play um, some one-off gigs here and there. Um, Just the two of you, or or with with, um, with a, along and, with a band. In various, yeah, yeah, form, you know, forms just kind of, yeah. we did a handful of pickup gigs here and there. Um, but ultimately, around the time of my CD coming out, um, you know, we got a little bit closer and he, um, he actually played as part of the bill at my CD release. Uh-huh. Um, which was great, and he was getting close to finishing his record at that time too, and was sort of figuring out what he was going to be, what the band was going to look like at this point. Once you know he he was pushing forward with the record, and so he he kind of had me in mind for that. But we also started at that time to play um, duo and trio gigs at. Quartet, uh-huh. which was uh, the spot on the waterfront that closed, and you know we played at um, that Stevie Wonder birthday party yeah. um, with Farnell Newton, Reinhardt Mel's, Jan Zingber, um, as well. So that that was like 2013 that we 
-hmm. started doing gigs on the regular and you know and I started rehearsing with the good people band and learning the ins and outs of all his original music and so it's yeah it's it doesn't feel like it's been a couple years but it has now I guess um, coming up on seven years right well yeah since, since I first met him but a couple years of playing with yeah. him on the regular and working with him it's just been amazing I mean he's an incredible talent just such a great human being and really um, you know well you know he's, he's kind me. of an enigma to the, to the public well <laughs> first of all there's a disconnect when you look at him and then hear what comes out of him first of all yeah. there's that disconnect it was not a bad some. thing but yeah. it's but it's there, you know, uh, and uh, especially I don't know I don't know how he's dressing these days, but back you know back a few years he you know with the, with the, the 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 chain on his belt and and the jeans and the whole the whole deal it didn't look you know um, it didn't look like it, <laughs> you know, right. and then you know he was elusive. I tried to get him for interviews for a long long time and he wouldn't return my phone calls or anybody's, you know. So so he, I, I, I and I think probably. That that enigma works in his favor. Yeah, I mean, he's. I know he's very much like in tune with, you know, his creative core and his musical output, and yeah. that's I think always what he's trying to put first. Yeah, and yeah. you know the. All the other stuff. It, it's tough for a lot of artists, you know. I think they they struggle with, um, you know, all the other stuff that yeah. you're yeah. theoretically supposed to do in this day and age. And you know, it. I think it can be. It can work against some artists, like they uh -huh. end up spending too much time on on all the other stuff, and yeah. It, yeah. they never end up giving their their music, their art its full due and so it's it's a tough balance to strike. Yeah. I mean I don't I don't fault him or anyone, you know, for that because I think it really it does come down to the music and, you know, if you, you basically, you know, you just want to have somebody, a team or somebody else, right, helping right. you do the right. other that's, stuff. That's, that's, the that's, thing. that's why. That's why people had agents and managers. Yeah. In those days, I, I remember that. It's. <laughs> I had an agent at one at one point. I, I believe me. I, believe, I fully understand that. Somebody to go talk to 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 the people with money for you. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's it's tough nowadays. Like to figure out when it actually makes sense to take that leap and yes. to like yeah. okay am i ready do i really am i at the point where having a manager or having yeah. a team of people behind me like makes sense can i afford it yeah. you know it and i was having this talk briefly yesterday with uh, uh red ray fraser i was uh -huh. doing some recording with him and um he had a meeting with a prospective manager, and uh -huh. so we were talking about this. And it, 
I think it's just really, it comes down to, is it the right person? Uh-huh. You know, if, if it's the right person who uh-huh. really like understands you and what you're doing as an artist and uh-huh. where you're trying to get to and they, they feel like they can truly help get you there, then, uh-huh. then you're ready for a manager. Yeah. You know, if it's not the right person, even if you desperately are in need of assistance in handling all, all your tasks, if it's not the right person, you, you don't need a manager, you know, yeah, like yeah, it, yeah. so it, to me it really comes down to that, uh-huh. the relationship part of it and not, you can't just, you know, find, you know, yeah. you know, yeah. a phone book or on a list of yeah. managers, <laughs> yes. you know, yeah. one, yeah. two, three, four, five, like it's, it kind of has to be um, organic and, and come from somewhere where, like, yeah, the growth can be mutual. And yeah. so. So, uh, Jared's music is, is funky, but it's very, very spiritual. Yeah. Do, do you have to buy into that to be in his band? or, or and, and what's it like being inside that? Well,. I mean, he's he's never like you know come forward and yeah tried to enforce or employ uh-huh. his feelings about spirituality on me or any of us. I think it's sort of just you know assume that in like all of our involvement with him, the band, the music, he, you know, we're all on the same page with that, you know, so it's, it's doesn't, it's nothing that even needs to be like spoken or enforced, Uh you know, it's, Uh it's just, it's something that, you know, we all share together in the music Uh and so... Well, who was uh, this last tour? Who who did you have with you? Who 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 was who was in the band? Well, the um, the good people are um, mm-hmm. Joshua Corey on drums, mm-hmm. Christopher Friesen bass, um, to hear a memory and backups. We had a, a guest uh, backup singer on this past tour, um, and named Sean Taylor, who's uh, based in Houston, but it's typically uh, Molly Foot and that second um, backup vocalist chair and uh, myself, Jared. Drums. Um, uh, Josh Corey. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a great, great group of people. I know the, 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 the word here was people felt really good here that he took a bunch of cats from Portland on the, on all those tours. Because he didn't have to. Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably a lot of people wondering um, what he might do or choose in that realm. But um, you know, he's he's in, invested a lot, and in, um, particularly in Josh and Chris, uh-huh. his rhythm section, and likewise, they've invested a lot in him. I mean, they've. The three of them have been together, you know, developing yeah. their stuff, developing Jared's originals uh-huh. together for 
eight years. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't care, you know, like how good of players there are. Like, there's, you can't get chemistry in overnight or yeah. on, yeah. out of one rehearsal. Like, not that kind of chemistry, you know, like, um, it's just, there's a special thing that they share and that we all share now. And yeah. it's, it's challenging music. Is go right ahead. It's okay. No, 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 no. Go, no, go, go right ahead. Coffee must be made. All right. <laughs> we'll just, we'll just hold it right here. Okay, so we spent all this time talking about somebody else's music. What, what about, what about you? Where are you at right now? What, what, what are you? What do you really want to? Uh, to do what is, what is your thing right now well i've had because um, you've been in so many kinds of bands yeah that's yeah. that's true i'm you know and i'm still kind of doing this open-ended thing with my uh, video series yeah the peace house sessions um because i'm you know primarily featuring other artists and that uh -huh. and you know accompanying um and this project has been something I've, I've wanted to do to kind of get some some more high quality videos uh -huh. on YouTube, boost my overall YouTube presence a bit, uh -huh. and it's been successful so far. It's been, you know, like most projects, um, more of an undertaking than I. Yeah. Had imagined right. it would be, but it's been good. I'll, I think I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna continue this through the end of the year and Are probably you spanning do genres more. with this. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, it's yeah. all what I consider, you know, pretty soulful music. But uh -huh. yeah, we've had, um, you know, Jared, Sher um, Shelley Rudolph, yeah. you know, had um, Steve. Swatkins and uh -huh. uh, Moria Massa, yeah. Um, yeah. and yeah, so it's 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 been a l little bit eclectic, but yeah, I I'll probably do a few more of these, uh -huh. you know, through the end of the year, and then this next year, um, probably get to work on you know my next yeah. album. Um, it's been a couple years now since the last yeah. one, and yeah. I'm starting to get get a vision together for uh -huh. what what I'm, I'd like the next one to be, and uh -huh. um, you know I've sort of been torn between like doing another record that's kind of in the songwriter idiom, lyrical uh -huh. songs, um, you know emerging of kind of Americana and soul and uh -huh. um, and then or doing something that's more like instrumental and uh -huh. jazzy funky yeah you know yeah. so I it could be that it comes somewhere in between those two and uh -huh. It's like half and half. I do a few songs that feature some guest vocalists, and then 
and a handful of instrumental tunes as well. You came out of the PSU program, right? Right. Yeah. And you were first, I, I, I guess people first knew you as a jazz guitar player. Right. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, that was my path yeah. coming up. And, yeah. Um, was that your first? Was was that your first love in music? Not my first, but it was the first thing you know that made me aspire to be a professional really? musician. Huh. Um, yeah, I I remember. This is before you knew about the the industry part of jazz, uh, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, sadly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a tough. Uh, yeah. Tough genre to make a career in. Yeah. But I remember um, towards the end of high school, like a career type, one of those career guidance, like seminar yeah. classes where they expose like a lot of different college courses and programs and, mm -hmm. and then like actual tangible career and job paths uh -huh. and they actually had musician on there like really performing musician and and a little like detailed paragraph writing about what it entails which was actually uh -huh. like I, it, from what i can remember <laughs> about it today um pretty accurate but it it dawned on me at that point like okay i can go to i can actually go to college for music like what uh -huh. else would be better than that, you know, and and most music programs and colleges, it's like jazz or classical. Yeah. I knew I wanted to, you know, be a better improviser and be able to play a lot of different styles. So I I started getting into jazz at that point, you know, I was 16, 17. Who was your most influential teacher? Oh, Dan Gilday. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually started studying with him at that time. Um, uh -huh. I was about 17. And that was, you know, because I got, you know, got close with him and really liked where things, where my plan was going under his, you know, uh -huh. entering. Um, you know, that was part of why I chose to go to PSU. Because he, you know, adjunct there, and also just really wanted to be here in Portland. Uh -huh. But yeah, I had a good, solid three or four years um, where you know I grew tremendously um, as a player, and particularly in that jazz realm. Um, much ado to his instruction. Mm -hmm. Well, the jazz police would say, where did you go wrong? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, and, 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 yeah, and, and, you know, I mean, because I that's first heard you as a jazz player, and then all of a sudden there you were in Redwood Sun. Yeah. And I go, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Does that too. Yeah, you know, I... Is that what... What did you listen to when you were a kid? Well, yeah, I listened, I mean, to more rock uh -huh. as a kid and everything from like I, I really like 50s music really? and yeah the guitar and that stuff really like 
ring true with me for whatever reason. Like rockabilly guitar. I don't know. Is that right? I don't know why. But oh. that was oh. one of the first things that kind of drew me into guitar as a kid. Uh-huh. And and then a little bit later, it was like the grunge sound. Uh-huh. You know? uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's like, okay, distorted guitar. That's yeah. cool, you know? <laughs> um, and... Yeah, I've been all over the place. I mean, with what I've come into contact with as a listener and appreciator, um, sky's kind of the limit at this point. I, I like all sorts of stuff. I've uh-huh. um, and there's a lot of stuff I'm happy playing, but at the same time, I've tried to also think at this point now, like, what I really kind of want to be known for and yeah specialize in you uh-huh. know i it's it's good to be versatile but you also i don't know i think being too versatile or spanning across too many um genres can almost like sort of obscure you in yeah. a way like yeah. not yeah. really um show that you have a clear like right clearly defined voice in one place right, right. or one greater place at least and, and there's really no opportunity to be the next Tommy Tedesco yeah <laughs> I mean <laughs> that was pr- probably the last of the or, or, or Eddie Martinez yeah because uh, there's just there aren't those se- session opportunities anymore well and certainly not in Portland right and, right but yeah even you know in the big LA New York, Nashville scenes, you know, yeah. you, you just don't hear about that kind of well, no, because there's, there's there are no labels and everybody does their own stuff. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I remember reading something recently of like an uh, interview with Steve Lukather. Yeah, you know, yeah. who's one of the you know top session men of his yeah. time, yeah. saying that anymore he, he might get called. You know, for a handful of sessions a year, wow. you know, Gee. like, so, you know, if it's like that for guys like that on that level, yeah. it's, yeah. you know, it's got to be really tough to yeah. do that, you know, as a more up and coming name and player. Um, Ever talked to Eddie Martinez about those days? A little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta hang with him more. He's, He's a good dude. He really is. Player. He was one of the most gracious people I've ever met, you know. And, and uh, I did a little video thing with him, and he's sitting there holding his guitar. And, and I, all I had to do was mention um, "Addicted to Love," and he knew he all he had to you know all I had to do was mention. It. He knew what I wanted. He just plays the play the lick, you know. <laughs> it must be really nice to be known for that, known for a lick. Yeah, I wonder yeah. if people really. No, the well, no, no, the public doesn't. Yeah, but yeah. some musicians, musicians do, yeah, do, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's something I've. I'm a bit of a nerd that way, I guess, and like, I like to really the stuff I like. I like to really learn about it as much as I can. Learn who the musicians were, uh-huh. like what they were up to, and yeah. you know who. Yeah. Who wrote the songs? Like all that stuff, and um, you know, some people, even musicians, just don't 
get into it on that level. You know, some yeah. I think some people do, but well, musicians either know everybody or don't know anybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, it's really that's true. Kind of a good point. Yeah. Uh, have you seen the Wrecking Crew, by the way? I have. You've got to see the Wrecking Crew. Oh my God. Okay. It's a documentary about the, the the session the session guys in L.A. in the '60s who played on everything. Oh man, everything. Okay, I mean everything. <laughs> That's you know. They would just go from session to session to session to session to session. I mean, they they were they were uh, they, you know like all Phil, all the Phil Spector stuff. They were the Beach Boys. They were really the Beach Boys. The Beach Boys were not the Beach Boys. You know, it's a great it's a it's a it's a Netflix thing. You can you, okay. you should really watch it. Yeah, because it's not it's it, it was made by Tommy Tedesco's son. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So he deals with Tommy in that in in, in the documentary a lot, and it's it's, uh, it's funny because he came he came, he he's been through town here because he finally got the rights paid off because <laughs> it's it, you know it's songs from beginning to end you know this nightmare for clearances right and uh, so he finally got all the songs paid off and, and but uh, when he was trying to he would he would he would come come through town he would show whatever the latest version he had of it. It would be at the Hollywood or something, right? So I, he came by and uh, I did an interview with him. He looked, took one look at me and said, "You look just like my father." <laughs> Italian, right? Right. So uh, yeah, if you if if you're if 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 you're interested in that stuff, man, you got to see the Wrecking Crew. Yeah, that's a great I'll documentary. All this, uh, that up. a bunch of of well, Tommy Tedesco was the number one guitar player, you know, and all that stuff. Sure. And uh, but there were several more. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> uh, it's good. You know, good to learn the history. That's, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. Always kind of been a thing for me. I like like to just know as much as I can. Yeah. I feel like I feel like you get in touch with the music itself more. Sure. The more you learn about the the backstories and uh-huh. people involved, and you know you. You just, I don't know, you kind of live it. Yeah. Some stories you don't want to know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So what's it like being married to a musician? (laughs) Uh, Well, it's How can you stand it? You know, it's really... (laughs) They're so quirky, those musicians. They are. Yeah. The the thing is, yeah, I guess you're you always have understanding of each yeah. other's quirkiness, <laughs> you know. And you've been and, together a long time now. Yes, we've been showing and been together um, seven plus yeah, years. Yeah, 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 seven and a half. Yeah. Um, Why well, you were the cutest couple in music? Uh, <laughs> Making me blush. <laughs> um, and I, I was uh, so happy when you asked me to MC when you were having the benefit when she was out to here with your child. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was such a special night. I was, yeah. I was glad to was have good. you a part of that. That was good. So how's 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 the boy? He's really good. He's you know. Is he musical? Oh, very. Yeah. Really. I mean, yeah. He, you know. He recognizes stuff now. He can p- pick out instruments when he hears them. You know, he can identify a few select artists and songs. Really? And What's he like? What does he? What, what, what kind of stuff does he like? 
Oh, you know, he, he likes stuff with a strong beat. I think. Yeah. He, you know, he's yeah. into drums and. Oh. So. Oh, lucky you. Yeah. Yeah. So we. <laughs> we uh, we've got a kit in the living room. Oh no. Already. Um, much. Much thanks to. Uh, just when you were just you were being you know you, you could sleep again. <laughs> well. He wakes up pretty early. We we get as much sleep as we can, but it's not not enough most of the time to our our desire and heart's content. Uh-huh. But it's worth it. It's you know, kids wake up with such a vigor and excitement. Yeah, you know, for yeah. life in the world, it just yeah. it makes you smile right away. Like, yeah. 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 um, but yeah, we were um gifted a wonderful like junior drum kit from Ron Steen. Really? Hollis. Yeah. Nice. It's just very nice. very kind of him. Uh yeah. When he saw at one of Shelley's gigs with uh-huh. with him that he showed up with his drumsticks. Wow. <laughs> this is at uh Wilf's and he, uh, he was two at the time. I think barely two. And he comes in and I before they get started, you know, wants to wants to play some drums, and so he does. And Ron was just blown away, and as were the other people in the house. He got a, you know, quite an applause. He's had a few of those moments so far, and yeah, he's he's really into music. We're we're so lucky because you never know like what right. kids are going to be into. Yeah, and, yeah. I mean, he's also really into trucks and. Snakes, of course. <laughs> of course, being Dinosaurs. a young boy, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's fun. It's you know very, very demanding, but uh-huh. even more rewarding and enriching, yeah. and you know what it brings to our lives uh-huh. as musicians and parents. Yeah. But you must get you you, you get a chance to to uh, to to keep your jazz chops when you play with her, right? Yeah, we haven't been playing quite as often together, but we've done a couple <laughs> gigs lately, and we have one uh-huh. next month at Wilfs uh, with Devin yeah. Phillips and nice. um, Michael Rayner and Marcus Reynolds. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I mean, I I love jazz. I, I try and shed in that realm and then keep, keep my chops together and that idiom is it's just hard when you're not like playing those gigs or out doing it you know you kind of i think you have to apply it to really you know see where you're at with it and Uh but that stuff's kind of since i got into jazz always been something i come back to and in practice it's sort of like you know, just a touching stone because it's, you know, it really challenges you as a player and challenges your ear, you know, and keeps, you know, keeps you growing. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I've, I mean, I've definitely gotten into a lot of other stuff that's come more to the front burner and, yeah. you know, I've really... I've sort of, I put it this way to a lot of people. I've like traded a lot of the jazz standards I once had, you know, memorized and on the yeah. tips of my fingers for like, you know, a lot of 
soul tunes and pop uh-huh. tunes and just like a lot of other music that I've now instilled into my um, consciousness. And, yeah. You know, like I've a, I've just come to have a wider palette of stuff to draw from, um, which I feel like when I come back to jazz, it's it's refreshing and I feel like I have a little bit. I just have some other colors to uh-huh. bring to the table, and so it's you know, and Jared's stuff is heavily jazz influenced. Yeah. So yeah. there's there's of course that um, and going on right now, and what I play and am working on, and uh-huh. um, I mean I love like we we do these these trio gigs where he you know he kicks bass and plays keys and uh-huh. sings and and we do more of his covers uh-huh. on that than his originals on those gigs and we'll, yeah. we'll be doing the next six Fridays at Portland Prime uh-huh. while he's while yeah. we're in town before the next tour um which I can never go see cuz that's when I do my radio show oh yeah <laughs> that's why I'm never there uh, <laughs> Well, we'll have to I'll have to do a little handheld recording, and <laughs> you know, I I love what he does with, um, you know, particular covers, like uh-huh. his approach to you know reharmonizing them or yeah. um, changing the feel or adapting the melody. In some cases, like that, that's been really you know, inspiring to me as like an arranger and composer to see, you know, how you can be creative with familiar music, um, or in some cases familiar, but, um, you know, and freshen it up, make it your own. Yeah. Um, you know, trying to think. What time, how late do you play? How late does that gig go? Uh, we go seven to 11. Yeah. I'm just, I would just be, Making the last little bit of it because I get off the air at ten. Yeah, I mean sometimes it gets pretty vibrant in that room, and people, you know, end up calling us out to do, you know, a couple <laughs> encores. We'll stretch yeah. Yeah. occasionally till like eleven thirty if it's a uh-huh. really uh-huh. hopping night, you yeah. know. Which yeah. it we've had many of those it's been a really nice regular gig to have when we're around I bet um yeah. you know it's good ambiance in the room and we can we can hit pretty hard you know like and it's yeah. we're not told to turn down cuz uh-huh. we've got enough <laughs> of a crowd there that's all there yeah for us and wanting yeah. to yeah. see us go for it, so uh-huh. we can dig in. Which you wouldn't think a hotel bar would be that kind of right. gig, right. you know. And yeah, yeah. it's sort of in contrast, like you have, you know, Mel Brown trio there on Saturdays, uh-huh. which is fantastic, but it's right. you know a little bit more um, classic in the sense yeah, sure. of like. Yeah, Mel Brown. Yeah, jazz yeah. trio, right. wonderful jazz trio, um, yeah. doing their thing. And well, I I know you're 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 helping um, Shelly out with her new album. What's that going to be like? 
Oh, it's great. I'm just so glad we're finally um, getting it to the front burner. Um, it's something we started actually before Hollis. Really? So it's been on the shelf wow. a long time. Now. Wow, wow. We started in 2010, and I, I think I've mentioned it to you at some point, uh -huh. but we, we began it um, in Connecticut with uh -huh. the uh, great cellist David Darling. Yeah. Who, um, yeah, I mean, some people you know, who are less familiar with him, you know, he's he kind of came up early on in the Paul Winter, Paul Winter concert, yeah, sure. yeah, and yeah. has had a lot of records on ECM yeah. over the years yeah. and yeah. won Grammys. Um, he's yeah, kind the of the only member of Oregon who's never been in Oregon, right? Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Shelley got connected with him, and we we had mm -hmm. a blast. Um, with him, and hopefully we'll be able to reconnect at the time of this when this record gets really? done. Really, that's which, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we'll hopefully be. Well, what kind of material is it? Is it? Is it? It's Shelley's originals. Um, it's uh -huh. a few adapted um, uh -huh. pieces um, from taken from poetry, and really? it's it's really. Um, Really interesting project, you know. It's kind of merging chamber jazz, classical, gospel, soul, you know, um, with you know her her influences from uh -huh. like poets like Rumi and uh -huh. um, David's cello is um, you know stacked high throughout, so it's just uh -huh. like wonderful lush oceanic yeah. sounds of yeah. cello and um the first song which we're finishing right now is a preliminary um you know kind of early release to start garnering some attention for it um uh -huh. also has david matthews on piano uh -huh. uh, santana yeah Eddie james yeah um formerly pianist and and Dave Captain. Really? Uh, yeah. Interesting. Um, so we've got hey, some great players on it. Have you ever seen him be a ventriloquist? Have you ever seen him do the ventriloquist thing? Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's, man, I'm waiting for another one of those. I never laughed so hard. And, <laughs> I, Nobody knows that. Nobody knows that. Well, Except musicians are, do. Facebook, yeah, his yeah, Facebook yeah. friends who've caught, managed, been lucky enough to catch one of those videos. Man, I, you know, I just want to see him like bust that thing out on a gig one night. Well, he should be at Harvey's Comedy Club or something, you know, I know. Or, or or Helium or one of those things. It could totally be a show, like, and you know, with his bass to yeah. incorporate his right, like with yeah. amazing bass playing in. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, who was the guy? Was it was it Major Holly who who did who did the voicings? Was that was that the guy? Mm. It was the guy who who would who would who would uh, uh, bow the bass and sing at the same time, and it would be the voice the the voice would be the it's kind of like a Peter Frampton of the forties. You know oh, what I'm saying? Okay. Um, <laughs> I think it was Major Holly. It's one of those kind of those old cats. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I mean, you just don't see people doing no. the ventriloquism <laughs> thing anymore. That's no, truly a really raw don't. start. Yes. 
(laughs) Meanwhile, there used to be a dime a dozen. Right. (laughs) That's funny. Well, hey, listen, this is great. I mean, you know, I, you know, I got to tell you that, pe- you know, when, when people were following that, you know, you guys on tour, people here were feeling really good about it, really happy for you guys. I hope you got the sense of that. Oh, absolutely. We've yeah. had an amazing yeah. amount of support from yeah. pe- folks at home and folks around the world. And yeah. it's, yeah, we're just so grateful to have the opportunities we have right now. Um, you know, it's it's been a... Very enriching blessing, and yeah, wouldn't wouldn't trade it for anything right now. It's it's definitely um, yeah, just been one of the greatest gifts beyond you know, I mean fatherhood, of course. Yeah. So yeah. Um, well, congratulations. Thank you so much. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Everybody's happy. Real happy about it. Thank you. Uh, keep it up, and we'll see you again. Yeah. No doubt. Yeah. Thanks for good. coming in. I appreciate All right. the opportunity to do this interview. Thanks, Tom. Right. See you.